to For All Mankind, the podcast, a podcast by mums for mums. My name is Pamela and in each episode I sit down and chat with a mum about motherhood, the ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is a life coach, mentor, and she's created one of Ireland's most unique and transformative workshops exclusively for women called the Empowered Women Workshop. And she's a mum to Billy. It's Sarah Doyle. Hello. How are you, you doing? Thank you for having me on the show. You're very welcome. So we're here today in Sarah's sitting room having a chat. And so you may hear some planes fly by us because we're near the airport. And Billy is sound asleep next door. Sound asleep, yes. Which is a miracle considering how close we are to the airport. Um, but he will be up at any stage. So the sounds of planes might be swapped for an ooh or an ah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes and how much longer he sleeps. <laughs> so Billy was born at 41 weeks. Mm-hmm. Weighing in at 11.5 pounds. Yeah, whopping 11.5. Because mm. I was thinking about that and I was like, that's... Um, pretty close to double of what Alice was. Mm-hmm. He spent his first two nights in uh, NICU in Rotunda Hospital and he weighed more than twice um, as some of the twins who were also in that ward, which was very surreal. We were expecting a big baby, but we thought 10 pounds. Yeah. Uh, and then he came out at 11.5 and literally the room erupted when, when he was weighed. Um, it was... Well, it explained a lot because I was huge. So a part of me felt um, almost um, validated because I became, towards the end of my pregnancy, I was very uncomfortable and I was massive. Like I was so big. So, you know, 11.5 baby came out and I said, there you go, everyone. That's why. (laughs) And what type of birth did you have? I had, and I I, I want to be careful about using the correct terminology. I had a spontaneous vaginal delivery. Um, I think, I think for me, that was always quite important because I I don't want to place value or onus on one birth over another by saying natural. Um, So, um, yeah, he came, he came out um, uh, one I think it was a Thursday morning after 27 hours of labouring. Um, I had my first contraction on at 3am on the day that I was due to go in for an induction. And the contractions did not stop for 27 hours. They were very, very close together. Um, really? Yeah, and then... 27 hours of it? Mm, yeah, which I know isn't that long. Oh no, that's long. Well, yeah. It's, well... It, to be honest, it was all a bit of a blur to me. Um, I, I had a lot of fun talking to James at the end about everything because like my, my waters broke, I lost my mucus plug um, and everything just happened within that 27 hours. It was all a whirlwind. But it was a really, for me, it was exactly what I wanted from my birth. Um, I wanted to experience the birth without an epidural. So I consider myself very lucky that I was able to do that. Um, I took my hypnobirthing extremely seriously. I worked with a fantastic doula. James never left my side and coached me through the entire thing. Um, he was absolutely incredible. And uh, I, I did ask for an epidural a few times now because I, I still, I was very shocked by the pressure. Um, but I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was, present and in the moment for the entire thing now unfortunately when Billy was born there was um, a little bit of his I'm going to say it wrong, Maconian oh, yeah. in, his, in the fluid so that just meant that uh, he spent a couple of nights in NICU um, but I, I didn't notice, I didn't notice that I didn't get to hold him straight away I didn't notice that we didn't get to have delayed cord clamping, I just gave birth to a baby, I remember the feeling and I was just on cloud nine and I, I, I've never experienced anything as all-consuming as the moment that Billy arrived and how unbelievably happy myself and James were and he was sitting over on the NICU table in the delivery room and I didn't even notice that I wasn't holding him because I just thought this is incredible I've just given birth to my baby he's finally here after 41 weeks so um I had a beautiful birth Um, unfortunately he did spend the two nights in NICU but again I had my happy healthy baby I was so so happy and you mentioned that you had a doula so how did you choose your doula myself and james decided to work with a doula because we experienced a miscarriage um 
just before um, we experienced a miscarriage in April of 2017. So we were one of those really lucky couples that had, um, I guess, a honeymoon baby. Um, I found out I was pregnant quite quickly, um, but unfortunately we lost that baby and my confidence took um, an absolute hit. Um, my anxiety and my stress skyrocketed as it does for many women who experience a loss yeah. by miscarriage. And I decided that I wanted to work with a doula to support me navigate um, my pregnancy, but then also to support me through the actual birth because I was very, very nervous about that. Um, working with her helped massively, but she also um, had great empathy for me and was a very powerful advocate for me in the um, delivery room, which was fantastic because obviously James is coaching me but our doula, Krisha Lynch, was coaching James. And that was really, really amazing. So she played a massive role in helping me and James to have the birth that we wanted. Um, and she supported me to focus in a way that meant I was able to give birth to a baby uh, that was 11.5 pounds without an epidural. Yeah. And yeah, I had a, a, you know some tearing and things like that, but it was incredible absolutely yeah. incredible so the doula was there mostly because I, I was quite anxious because I had a loss and um, I just needed someone to support me navigate it I did try to get into hypnobirthing I think I left it too late mm. to I think it's probably something you should start very early on because mm-hmm. it's really it's building the brain it's creating like you have a better yeah so it's it's hypnobirthing is basically I guess to, to use my own language it's like a pregnancy coaching at least that's how I viewed my my doula anyway. She was my coach throughout my pregnancy. Hypnobirthing is using neuroscience to support you to shift your mindset around um, the uh, either pregnancy or birth. Neuroscience will look at specific pathways and how those pathways might um, result in, in, in levels of fear or an anxiety that you think you have no control over. What hypnobirthing is helping us to understand is that we do have control over those thoughts. We do have control over where we put our energy. And with a little bit of tweaking and a little bit of training, we can actually manage that fear and manage that anxiety. So be, because I'm a life coach and because James is a fitness coach, a personal trainer it was perfect for us and for me a massive one was using positive affirmations and breathing so I had affirmations stuck on the wall in the labor ward and I breathed my way through every contraction and and it it helped so much so did you use any gas and air yeah I used a lot yeah it was amazing (laughs) (laughs) I think we must be one of the only lucky ones that actually responded well to it but I started to get quite um fidgety when when I had to move and I had no gas and air (laughs) got quite addicted to it I remember looking at my midwife at one stage I was trying to turn and unfortunately I had very bad pelvic girdle pain when I was pregnant and I tried to turn and 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 it was really it took me a long time to turn and I was going where's the gas and air um I yeah the gas and air was great not so much towards the end it was really great at the beginning when I was labor when I was in the labor room but when I got towards the delivery room yeah it I think you know the contractions were so intense by that stage it didn't really do anything other than again just give me a focus yeah give me something it, to do it probably yeah you're probably right actually because it, it does make you inhale in and you know it does actually almost control your breathing it helps you to breathe yeah and that's so important in so many areas of our life i just remember the grip i had on it yeah. and i actually was given birth and i still had a hold of it and like my <laughs> fingers were white and i remember the i think it was the midwife or the obstetrician was like you can let go of that now and i remember looking at it going are you sure are you clear i was like mm, you might hold on for a little bit longer just in case um I didn't realise how good it was going to be, to be honest. Yeah, again, I think we're one of the lucky ones because I've spoken to a lot of people who did not like it yeah. at all. It just made them really nauseous. Quite Ill. Yeah, yeah, nauseous. Yeah. No, not yeah. a bother. No, not a bother. I was bloody brilliant. Can I take this home with me, please? <laughs> Billy spent two days up in NICU. Yeah. And then you got to go home? Yes, we got to go home for um, a, a short period of time before we spent... Uh, three nights 
I think maybe four in Temple Street. Um, the one of the scariest things that myself and James have ever gone through. We noticed when he was ten days old. I think it was a Friday evening. A couple of things changed about Billy. Um, his breathing started to. Um, we just noticed some things had changed. So we called Rotunda. Rotunda recommended that we call Temple Street. Temple Street said, "Come on in." So. We got into Temple Street because Billy was so small, we were triaged very, very quickly. Um, but it was just taking us a long time to get seen and we were both very um, obviously distressed because yeah. those things that we had noticed with Billy weren't improving. And we had seen a nurse come out and um, I had Billy, I was holding Billy up against my chest so I couldn't see his face and I don't remember this happening, um, but um, James said, um, Billy is going blue, can someone please help my son? Uh, so I was rushed in to the triage room, but at this stage I, I was an incoherent mess. Yeah. Um, I had completely lost touch with myself. I was crying uncontrollably. I couldn't understand why James wasn't with me. So James was eventually brought in, but by that stage, a nurse had actually grabbed Billy from me and started performing CPR as she raced into the um, emergency room with Billy. And at that stage, whilst I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't faint or pass out, but I collapsed into a chair and I just thought the world was ending. Um, yeah, I. I I just I, I just thought the world was ending um so I walked into the I eventually got myself into the eventually it was 90 seconds um I got myself into the ER and there were um I'm gonna say five to seven doctors surrounding my baby um because he had stopped breathing and um the, the scariest thing that I've ever ever had to go through um so he had what what is called an apnea episode so okay. it's when a baby stops breathing for 20 seconds or longer um they are common mm -hmm. um we are very lucky that we were um in a hospital when it happened because unfortunately myself or james did not know pediatric cpr at that point in time so if it had happened at home um anyway um so um Myself and James have since done pediatric uh, CPR courses and I can't recommend them enough. I think it's quite strange the way, as new parents, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out what nursery um, yeah. uh, or um, sleeping habits. Um, but if something, if the worst happens, are we prepared as parents? And myself and James weren't. Are we now? Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, he spent 10 days at home before uh, he spent three nights in Temple Street. I think um, that the nurses in Temple Street were absolutely phenomenal, absolutely incredible. Um, they were, they, 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 they held us together. They were absolutely amazing. Um, the pediatric consultants as well were incredible. Um, and after four days, they were extremely confident in Billy, in his health, and they sent us home. And myself and James did spend the next few months um, literally uh, very very nervous we have only so Billy is eight months now we only stopped using his sleeping monitor a week ago because we were on holidays um, um, so we were, we were just very very nervous so we we feel like we lost a few months in terms of yeah. our own development and growth as parents and being um, relaxed probably uh, yeah I think well we only stopped and I know there will be some people out there that will still use a sleeping monitor um, and this is the monitor that you put into the mattress yes. to yeah, yeah um, we have yeah, yeah um, so um in saying that now James is probably going to insert it again because it is just nice to know that it's there I know actually we do have a back on sorry we didn't use it for the week that we were on holidays but it is it's back in the room um but then when we returned home after Temple Street um, we were very cautious about guests and visitors coming into the home we kind of put a stop to a lot of things um, and it just it, it took us a little bit longer to settle into our role as parents because we, we went into our pregnancy very very anxious because of our loss mm -hmm. Excuse me, and then, and then we had the two nights in Nicky. We only came home for a few days, and then we had Temple Street again. So, um, you know, I'm 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 very grateful that I had the birth that I did because I just felt like everything else was full of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's eight months now. He's absolutely thriving. Uh, we have the most beautiful little boy who we've nicknamed Mr. Chuckles because he just laughs at everything, all of the time. And it's the cutest thing because he just sits there. I remember one time he was sitting here in the living room where we were recording and he just started laughing at me, but his little belly just <laughs> jiggles. And I just went, okay, this is this is just what life is all about right now. And it was amazing. And that, that actual monitor, we have the same one. Mm. And I kind it was one of those things that I wish I had bought sooner. 
I wish I had it when I came home from hospital because I was mm. really anxious. Yeah, I think a lot of us are. Yeah, and I kept wait. I actually I didn't sleep. I mm. I just lied yeah. watching Alice yeah. Yeah. sleep yeah. for months, and yeah. I think eventually we just went. Why don't we get yeah. an actual monitor? Yeah. It's just that little bit of reassurance that you're oh, like, yeah. you know, and it's since having it like the only time we haven't used it like that was when we were went on holidays yeah. and even then I'd still would look into the cock going oh, yeah. yeah she's okay oh sure the amount of times I've poked Billy in the eye because I'm trying to check his chest but the room is so dark that I keep missing it so yeah I keep on poking the poor pe- pe- yeah. fella in the chest um, but no yeah we're incredibly anxious um, and we didn't we only got it after the after what happened um but it does it, it means that you can sit down in the living room and watch tv and see the little tick of the yeah. sleeping monitor and and you can just breathe a sigh of relief going he's okay he's okay everything is all right yeah um so yeah it, it, it was a i know they don't work for some people but it really yeah. really did work for us and it yeah. just gave us it gave us a breathing space and breathing room which was lovely yeah you breastfeed billy i do so how did you manage that then in hospital? Did you you obviously stay with him the whole time and the hospital supported you? Yeah, so it, and I I love this story. Um I started expressing colostrum when I was about 37 weeks and I um and it was really strange how it started because I just noticed all of a sudden my boobs were leaking and it didn't it took me a long time to figure out it was colostrum and it took me a little bit longer to figure out that I could actually store it. My doula told me, Sarah, you should be keeping that and storing it. So I started to store it in my freezer and thankfully I did because when Billy was born, he didn't latch on to me straight away. Um, so as soon as the midwives found out that we had a stash of frozen colostrum in the freezer, they sent James marching home to go and get it. So Billy's first little bit of, of food was my frozen colostrum, which I just think is incredible. It's amazing. Um, so we were then I had um, a very difficult time breastfeeding in the hospital I became very engorged I got very very mixed advice from some of the midwives and nurses on best practices for feeding I was told to feed on a schedule every three hours Billy from the beginning was a very efficient feeder and I had a very fast letdown so after maybe um 10 or 15 minutes on even just one boob billy would have been fine whereas i was told to do it for half an hour on okay. 15 minutes on both sides so i became very anxious but i'm very lucky that i have a friend who is um training to be a quid you breastfeeding counselor uh, and she was a massive support for me um right from the beginning as has quid you um so i was i was lucky that after the first few days he has been a milk monster ever since. I've never had a problem with my supply. If anything, I probably have too much milk. Um, the biggest problem that I had physically was learning how to hold him the right way. At the beginning, yeah. like when I was feeding Billy um, at night, he would have been laying across my lap and I would have dangled my boob into his mouth because I just couldn't hold him for long enough. Um, so uh, again, very, very lucky that we both took to it and developed it as a skill quite quickly very very early on so very grateful for that my biggest um struggle with breastfeeding um now and always has been the complete lack of autonomy um and its relentless nature i didn't know i knew about cluster feeding i knew there would be occasions where i would be attached to billy every hour every two hours to feed him i just didn't know the impact that would have on me emotionally and it really really did challenge me in many many ways and I found that there wasn't a huge amount of support in that space. I found that if I needed help with the latch, um, issues with supply, um, issues with positions, that I was very well supported. But turning turning around to someone and saying, I really want to breastfeed and I love it, but I'm also struggling and it is what challenges me the most. So to say that I love and hate breastfeeding, people... I didn't feel that there were many people out there that I could talk to around that and that especially since Billy turned six months and I went back to work I found it quite difficult because I then had to start expressing and pumping Mm -hmm. and I found the pumping quite difficult because I was of the mentality that if I'm going to be attached to something I'd rather be attached to Billy yeah but unfortunately I would go out and I would do my evening's worth of clients and I'd come home, I'd have to pump and I just find that really frustrating. Um, I would find it quite uncomfortable. Um, I missed being able to go out for longer than a few hours 
and I think constantly, and I'm sure a lot of women can identify with it, you think constantly, is he getting enough? Yeah. Am I doing it right? And then you find it so hard to put you into the equation because everyone says breastfeeding is best for the baby, and it is, but sometimes we do have to think about the mom, and I found that really hard because I, I, I didn't feel like I was supported enough to think about me in that relationship and me in that journey. Bailey is now eight months, I'm still breastfeeding him, but we are slowly introducing bottles of formula in order to wean him. My goal is to get to six months, and then my goal is to get to 12 months. So like a lot of people, you always push the goalposts back. Um, but what I am hoping to do from, from now is to combination feed up until 12 months. It seems to be what works for me and James yeah. and Billy. Um, he's taken two bottles of formula and um, he seemed to like it. He didn't um, did, didn't pull um, uh, pull his nose up at my boob. He didn't seem to hate my boob, which was what I was really worried yeah. that it would happen. I thought with one taste of the formula, he'd hate my boob. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's going well. I've been very, very lucky with breastfeeding. Um, but it, it has been one of the biggest challenges. And I, I wish that I was prepared and I wish that I was supported more to consider the benefits of combination feeding on my breastfeeding relationship with Billy, but also on my on, on his relationship with James, because James is self-employed as well. So he has a lot of freedom of time and place. Yeah. And unfortunately <clears throat> for him, it does mean that sometimes he is constrained to the two or three hour blocks because he has to come home and feed Billy. Um, so that's kind of where we're at with it. There's nothing that fills my heart faster than being cuddled up on the couch, feeding my own son. That the bond is just incredible. And the way that he looks at me and his little hand, I adore it. But it is, it is really, really tough sometimes. Really, really hard. And I, I have always been a strong, independent woman. And I just found that as I as I transitioned back into work, it it became, it became uh, v very very tough, um, and then the guilt of wanting to introduce a bottle and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with bottles. Yeah. But the guilt. Oh God. Um, I I mean it's probably one of the most vivid memories that I have is so from very on um, and I've spoken about a lot of and. Um, the podcast about it is uh, Alice had a tongue tie mm. so she she latched really well mm -hmm. but didn't have the ability to actually kind of draw the milk okay so she lost a lot of weight very early on and we had to introduce it got to the point we just had to introduce formula mm -hmm. yeah and the night that we had to make the decision my husband gave her the bottle and I cried as if the child was being poisoned yeah and I look back now and I was like only for that we could have been in a whole different scenario yeah. she could have gone into cardiac arrest like we've no idea what could have happened mm -hmm. but it was like some it was it was heartbreaking because i had mm -hmm. i had never my aim during pregnancy i never considered bottle feeding mm -hmm. i was so adamant that this was going to work for me that mm -hmm. never considered it yeah. um and i just felt really like disempowered i suppose for the one yeah. for a better word that yeah. this was a choice now i combination fed um, after that because I just wasn't willing to let go mm -hmm. I really wanted to mm. fulfill as much as I could mm. so we did that and I suppose with breastfeeding and feeding in general it's such an emotive thing for mums mm -hmm. but really it's finding the happiness for both of you and whatever that is then yeah. that's okay and if it's yeah. as long as your family's happy yeah and I always say like happy mum happy baby y yeah yeah, absolutely and I, I think that we need to be able to to really inject that philosophy of happy mum happy baby into the breastfeeding relationship as well yeah we talk a lot about it during pregnancy and you you, you see happy mum happy baby when it comes to habits around exercise or eating i just didn't really see it with with breastfeeding i just wish i went into different expectations because it would have just saved me a lot of heartache and judgment and criticism um and it took me a long time to truly embrace um, that the decision that myself and James make is our decision that we own as yeah. a family. Ultimately, it was my decision to make. Um, so, but yeah, it's really hard. But like, we're hard on ourselves as women and as mothers. Yeah, we are. And the 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 inner critic and the the, the self judgment is relentless. And I just took a step back and I just said, Sarah, compassion, compassion, compassion. What works for you as a family is what you need to do moving forward. Yeah, and you touched on there. So like. As new mums, there's so much 
emotion there's so many feelings mm. and something you recommend is to kind of embrace those feelings let them in let them out oh yeah yeah absolutely I found that my journey my transition into motherhood um which um uh, we call matrescence so my matrescence was not what I was expecting the feelings were not what I was expecting when I was pregnant I did a huge amount of work on my fourth trimester uh, self-care plans support networks um you know I had uh, um to-do lists on the fridge saying what my favorite snack was so that James would know what to prepare for me during cluster feeds but I didn't expect to, to feel um, so, um, I can't describe it. I needed a lot of space for myself when, when Billy came along. Um, the, the, the relentless nature, the all-consuming nature of um, breastfeeding, which I adored and struggled with. The, the um my business that was always in the back being self-employed was is very very challenging when 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 you're trying to enjoy maternity leave which if we're honest doesn't exist when you're self-employed um so my transition into motherhood was not what I was expecting and I ended up feeling like I needed a lot of time to myself but it was difficult because I needed Billy to be in the same house as me but I needed to be in a different room so I could turn off for an hour I didn't want to go to the gym, I didn't want to go walking, I just wanted to sit in front of Netflix and literally just turn my brain off. And I just wanted to know, I wanted to know that he was with his dad and that was it. And I found that very strange, that I needed that much time away from my son in order to feel like I could find myself in some way again. Um, so I find my matrescence, and it's still happening, not what I was expecting and not what I had prepared for. I am... Um, like I've said, I'm a strong woman. I'm an independent woman. I value my autonomy. I value my my freedom. But like any any new mom is going to experience, or any new dad is going to experience, that is going to be severely compromised when you have a baby. I just didn't understand the extent at which it would be compromised, and I didn't know that I would resist it as much as I did. I didn't know it would be as hard on me as it was. Um, I did find that going back to work whilst it was one of the hardest things that I did, it also provided a space for me to be able to be me again, yeah. to be me outside of, of this new mom who was really struggling. Um, it just gave me space to be me. I made a phone call um, to a therapist at one stage um, during the height of this um these challenges and I just said look I'm, I'm struggling at the moment I just had a baby a few months ago but I think I need a lot of time away from him so I'm not really sure what's going on so obviously we spoke about mental health and the possibility that it was more than just baby blues and we mentioned postpartum depression and I said I don't think it's that I'm functioning I love Billy I can sense I'm falling more in love with him every single day I just need to be by myself so we kind of put an, um, put a pin in it until we met in person. And by the time that I actually met with my therapist in person, my feelings had completely transformed because what I did was instead of resisting that need to be by myself, instead of resisting the, the judgment or the criticism, I just let it in and I sat with it and I just went, Sarah, what is with this? Why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? Well, Jesus, Sarah, you've been pregnant for pretty much the last year, if you include your miscarriage. You had a very short break before you got pregnant again. I was extremely lucky, but it did take a toll on my body, physically, emotionally, my hormones. So you've had a really hard time. Uh, 2018, I got married. I had one of my most successful year in business. I lost a baby by miscarriage. I got pregnant again. It was a big year. And your body is just coming down from that. So yeah, I- And I, your uh, mind is catching up with that. I think, uh, yeah, like absolutely. There's so much there yeah, in that, yeah, in those yeah. like four phrases. Yeah. Of from, mm -hmm. you know, marriage to the happiness of yeah. pregnancy test to the loss of miscarriage and back up again oh, yeah, like that's yeah. it was overwhelming and then what, what actually came out during one of my sessions with my therapist um, was um, I accidentally I referred to Billy as Piglet which was the name that we had the nickname that we had for the baby that we lost by miscarriage okay. and it became quite clear that I hadn't finished grieving that baby yet um, so it was um, there was just a huge amount going on in a short space of time um, 
and I consider myself lucky that I was self-aware enough to understand just to allow myself that space to decompress um it was it was a it was a difficult time for me for a few months very very difficult because I didn't I knew something was up I knew I needed space but it's only in hindsight after I reflect that I kind of know what it was yeah um but it was it was a difficult time and I love and I, I one of my pet hates with mothers is that we feel we need to qualify how much we love our babies before we talk about the challenges of pregnancy or um or being a mom so I'll say it once love Billy um but being pregnant is really really hard and being a new mom is really really hard yeah. and I think we need to allow those very difficult feelings in and we need to sit with them and I, I actually said in the last episode um we seem to forget that you can have two types of feelings so you can have immense love for your baby mm-hmm. but you can also find the situation difficult yeah and that's totally okay like they're in it, it's they can run parallel well hello Ah, we've just been is he born, okay? joined by the most beautiful blonde baby <laughs> he just woke up from his nap we have all of the toys in the world but his favourite is a water bottle and the curtains and the remote control and he loves wires every parent's dream yeah I know Alice takes a, yeah. is very fond of white yeah. wires yeah. Yeah. Um, I found that duality what you spoke about um, in terms of our feelings um, I experienced it quite early on but when I lost our first baby by miscarriage um, I I, I, the, the, I had never experienced grief like that in my life the, the, the sadness consumed me um, for, for a long period of time um, and for that period of time I just said I'll be, I, just, I just want to be pregnant again and when I am pregnant I'll be the most grateful and the happiest person in the world but my, my pregnancy the first trimester was riddled with anxiety as was the second and third um, but physically speaking from the second trimester on at about 20 weeks my pelvic gave my pelvic my pelvis gave way and my pregnancy became very very difficult and I felt so guilty about telling people how challenged I felt during my pregnancy after I experienced the loss and then I just gave myself a break and I just said, you know what, Sarah, you can be incredibly grateful for this pregnancy, yeah. but also incredibly challenged, incredibly frustrated, um, and just really bloody uncomfortable. Um, so yes, that duality can exist. And I think it's important as women that we understand that we don't always need to qualify everything about our pregnancy with oh but of course I'm so grateful to be pregnant or of course I'm, I, I love my baby we know that you do yeah but that feeling can exist at the same time that you are overwhelmed anxious sad or frustrated and I think that in itself will help us as women to just give ourselves a break just give ourselves a break absolutely and your body so you had the perfect your mm. perfect girl pain yes yeah Mm-hmm. Billy was like 11.5 pounds mm. that was not no, an easy yeah. labour yeah. how is your body now postpartum? Um, it's no it, it's, it's been a really long road really long road so I've had five appointments with a uh, women's health physio um, I can't recommend women's health physio enough I just think everyone needs to see one so from five weeks onwards and I'm going to say it because I just wish someone had told me you really need to watch your bowel movements after you've given birth. Like you really need to watch them. I I got so severely constipated that um, um, I ended up weakening my walls so much. I thought I would. I thought I had a prolapse, and I, I kind of rushed myself into a women's health physio. Um, rushed myself into women's health physio at five weeks because I was so nervous. And what actually turns out was. Um, I, I had very weak walls as a result of the as a result of the prolapse. So ever ever since ever since that point, my recovery has been very slow. The pelvic girdle pain almost went away immediately after I gave birth. I was lucky that I was told because of the type of pain that it was, it might. Um, but then it was the mild. Um, I don't want to call it a mild prolapse, but 
I had very, very weak walls, so I had a very heavy feeling when I would walk, um, and um, it took me a long time to heal following my, um, I had second degree tears, very lucky to not have third degree tears. Um, so my recovery has been extremely slow, very, very frustrating. Um, in a former life, I used to be a personal trainer, I used to be a powerlifter, I'm incredibly active, but from 22 weeks onwards, couldn't even walk my dog. And that was, it was just, it was just so disappointing. So disappointing. Now I was very lucky that I was able to adapt most of the exercise programs that I was on. Yeah. So I was able to remain um, mobile and active in some way. And I'm lucky that I was able to surround myself with people who could support that. Um, you've had Emma Dowling from yes. Empowered Mama. So she's been incredible with me and, and very patient yeah. and very supportive. Um, but it's just like I'm eight months and I'm, I'm, Okay, let's assume I had the time to go to the gym, first of all. <laughs> Even if I did have the time to go to the gym. Like, basic examples. I used to be able to do a full press-up off my knees. I used to be able to do 30 of them. I, I can barely push back off a wall at the moment. And for me, because everything is relative... Like that's a that's a massive loss in 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 in, in strength in in muscle tone, which I'm completely fine with because this is where my body is at. But I'm not even at the stage where I can confidently start to build on that again. Yeah. Because my body has just it's just yeah eleven point five pounds, and I was really constipated. <laughs> and I just wish someone said Sarah fiber, <laughs> keep drinking your water. <laughs> um. But yeah, so it's been it's been a tough slog. It really has. But I've I've looked after myself in the best way that I can. But no one told me. I didn't know. I was so naive. I thought six weeks. Yeah, back in the gym, ready to go. It wasn't until sixteen weeks that my women's health physio gave me the okay to go back to a very specific form of exercise. But like at the end of the day as well, I don't have the time or the motivation or the energy to go. Is yeah. that all right? Absolutely. But I do look forward to, to being able to do something. Yeah. That's not a plane. That's a baby. <laughs> I feel the need to qualify. Not that close. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been really challenging. Um, but you know what? I gave birth to the most fabulous baby. I'm going to, I'll do it all over again. If there's one thing that I know how to be, it's gentle on myself. And if there's something else I know how to do, it's to go slow. So I'm being gentle and I'm going very, very slow. Yeah. And it can be frustrating at times, um, but I'm getting there. Yeah, and I think as well, the six weeks is very much like a medical six weeks. And yeah. and actually it took until 11, 10 months, I think actually, mm. after having Alice, that my mind was ready to follow my body. So they, that that's really interesting because physically, yes, we can be ready at a certain time, but we need that to align with our emotional readiness as yeah. well. And if I'm honest, after you've mentioned it, I'm not sure how emotionally ready I am. Like sometimes I'm raring to go. When we were away in Tenerife last week, I went to the gym three times. Yeah. I was so blooming proud of myself, but I was so relaxed when we went away. I was so chilled out and I was emotionally ready to meet my body where it was at. But when I'm here, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And it, that, that does take a lot. So it did take yeah. until 11 months. And then I, and I didn't actually go to the gym. I got workouts I could do at home. Yeah. And it was during the summer. Yeah. So I used to get a yoga mat outside yeah. in our patio. Oh, lovely. And I bought a few little you know yeah. weights and yeah. then kettlebell and I used to go out in the evening as we go to bed about eight o'clock yeah you the joys of the bright evenings yeah. unlike now yeah and you could go out for an hour mm. I'm sure my neighbors were looking going what on earth is this woman doing mm. and I put on a bit of music and I you know did it myself yeah. and yeah. if I had to come in and go up to her that was okay and I'd come back out again and mm. finish it yeah but there was no pressure it was just me on my own did what mm. I could do mm-hmm. and slowly then from there yeah. Um. And now, obviously, you go into the winter time and it's dark mm. again. And you're just you're kind of trying to resist this hiber- hibernation mode. I know. I know. Um. But it, yeah, I, I do think the alignment of your mental and physical and emotional mm. it all needs Absol- to kind of come together. And it you really don't. Does, yeah. I can say that now mm. because I'm. That's like that was three or four months ago. At the mm. time, I didn't realize why I didn't want to. You know, didn't. So yeah. re- I'm looking back retrospectively now. I'm going. Now I get it. Now. Yeah. I was yeah. clearly, I was in a better, I was stronger position mm. 
everything just aligned for yeah. me and I was ready to get I back. I think hindsight when you're a mother is one of the most interesting and frustrating things ever because yeah. when I reflect over my eight months with yeah. Billy, hindsight, if I had known what I know now then, yeah. I would have had a completely different experience as a mom. But I guess that's life, isn't it? And I suppose that's kind of why I try and, and talk to so many different mums. Yeah. That if there's someone that's pregnant or just had a baby, that they might hear something that mm. we say and go yeah. and learn from the wisdom that we now have that yeah. we wish we could have shared yeah. with ourselves yeah. Yeah. eight, ten months yeah. ago. Get um, your fibre, ladies. <laughs> Get your fibre. Don't do what I did. <laughs> Drink loads of water. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's 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 so true and then and then as women as well we are just really hard on ourselves when it comes to our postpartum bodies yeah. and we expect you know our miracles our, we expect miracles but like our body is you know she never went she never went anywhere our bodies but she'll also never be the same and, and trying to get rid of the the mum tom and, and and that sort of thing it's i think if we could just it's it's tough and it's easy to say but if we could spend more time loving the parts of our body that we love and less time hating the parts of the body yeah. that we hate but also trying to realize that the mere act of loving our bodies because of the way that they look reduces that body to its appearance and and you negate its function exactly and yeah. i think that we need to try to embrace its function and its performance into that concept of love um and 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 if we can do that slowly our body our, slowly our mind does start to shift and begin to love our bodies for what it can do and we then learn to respect our bodies which is is truly transformative especially after having a baby like you have yeah. you have performed a miracle yeah you know, but we've spent like h- how old are we i'm 34 i've, I've yeah. been conditioned for 34 years yeah to think that my body could bounce back or should sure. bounce back depending on who you're talking to yeah. so it takes a long long time so we need to be very very forgiving to ourselves because it's not our fault that we think this way it's not our fault that um as soon as we give birth to our baby we want to go back to the gym um as quickly as we can or that we want to start eating as healthily healthily again sometimes it's all done under the guise of health where it really is it's motivated by weight loss um so yeah rationally we know we've given given birth to a baby but there's you know however many years of diet culture that you have to try to to overcome and it's it's tough and it's difficult a big transition for women as well is going back to work so it can be like someone that's self-employed it can be a couple of weeks it could mm-hmm. someone can take a year out mm-hmm. but your workplace and you have changed and mm-hmm. your workplace has mm-hmm. matured and developed and yeah. things have happened and yeah. what advice would you give to women going back to work I would love to have some advice I would love to have some advice but to be honest I just don't know if I do it's been an area that I have struggled with I was very naive I thought that I would be able to enjoy six months of maternity leave without having to think about work or when I did think about work I thought that I would enjoy it um, but it's been really difficult um, I remember I had a little bit of an epiphany around my body um, after after I had given birth to Billy and I shared that epiphany on Instagram which unfortunately does play a massive role in my business i say unfortunately because i have a love-hate relationship with it um and i shared that and i was i was incredibly vulnerable and i was i was very disappointed and i'll be really honest that i didn't get a reaction and not a reaction but i didn't get a, a, a message or a like no one validated that um experience that no one no one just got back to me saying i get it and I felt so, Brené Brown refers to it as a vulnerability hangover. And it was so intense, I couldn't handle it. And it was actually the reason why I came off Instagram for quite a few weeks. And it was glorious being off Instagram and not feeling like I had to work. Um, I, I, I would love to have some advice, especially for those that are self-employed. I wish I had more help. I wish that I had a lot more help. Um, I wish that I had I had decided to hire someone to work for me so that I could truly, truly take that time off. Um, but then what I also learned is that I want to work. Yeah. I want to be in the workforce. I want to make a contribution to our family beyond raising my our, our children. Um, and that was a decision 
it wasn't a decision it, it was always just a part of me but when that became very challenged when I struggled trying to do both roles mom and business owner mom and life coach I think I struggled because I, I understood that I wanted it so much I wanted those both roles I wanted to be this this thoughtful leader in, 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 in the life coaching world as well as a very present and loving mother to Billy and I put so much pressure on myself to be both if I'm very honest with you I, I kind of crashed a little bit and I remember um, a, a couple of things happened that seem unrelated but were very much so related um, I made a very uh, swift decision at about at about possibly six or eight weeks to take to stop posting photos of Billy online yeah um a couple of things had happened nothing sinister but I realized you know what Billy is 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 he's just he's not supposed to be here he's not supposed to be on my Instagram um because my Instagram views would go up when I the when there would be a post of, of Billy and I remember meeting someone saying oh do you want to meet Billy and then he goes ah no sure I see him online all the time and I just went oh okay um i don't want that for my my billy so we're not going to post him online anymore and with the decision to not post him online also also came the decision to not talk about my experience of being a mom online either now i had always known that i was never going to be one of those life coaches that turned around and said well i'm now working with new moms I don't believe that my experience of motherhood qualifies me to talk about motherhood. It, it qualifies me to talk about Billy and to talk about what it's like for me, but not to talk about motherhood, not to give out advice, not to, to join the conversation around um, maternal mental health. Like I'm, I'm very good at staying in my own lane and my lane is life coaching. But what I realized was when I decided to take Billy offline, I also decided to take a part of me offline as well. And that was me as a mother. I share a huge amount online about my miscarriage. Um, I shared a lot about my eating disorder. I share bits and pieces. And I just went, you know what? In the most, in the most poignant and symbolic act of self-care, I am not going to open up those boundaries and talk about what it's like for me being a mom. Bar an image or two here of my postpartum tummy or um, a, a, a random post here or there. Um, because of how much I'm struggling, because of how much I'm looking for someone else to offer me advice about how yeah. I can navigate and manage both of them. Um, I'd love to say it come, you know, it's it's about time management. I'd love to say it's about getting help, but not everyone has the, the um, luxury of time. Single moms are just praying for more time time in the day. Not everyone has the privilege of, of money where they can um, actually afford childcare. So yeah. I, I, I don't have the advice, I'm, I'm waiting for it myself. But all I know is that it's really difficult. And if there's one thing that we can try to integrate into our life a tiny bit is, if I'm not gonna say this to my best friend, then don't say it, to, I won't say it to myself. If I'm not going to give out to my best friend and say, well, why can't you do it all? Why are you struggling? Why haven't you figured out yet? Why, why can't you do this and this and this for him at the same time that you work 12 hours a day? I wouldn't say that to my best friend. I wouldn't say that to a stranger on the street. So I'm not going to say it to myself as well. Some days are gonna be good. Some days are gonna be bad. I'm just gonna roll with it. Some days I, I literally, I, I genuinely feel I am the most amazing life coach in the world and I'm the best mom. And this is, this is amazing. Where's my award? Where are my awards? Where is my life coaching and my mommy award? And then other days I literally look at Billy and I go, am I enough for you? And I look at my clients and I go, will I ever be enough for you? And the good days and the bad days and you, you lean into them both. Um, sorry, I'd love to have advice but I just think we're all too different we're all too unique um, so I guess maybe if I did have advice it would just be to lean into the hard and lean into the good just as much yeah and to, to take it easy on ourselves it, it, so much of it just comes down to that just just being gentle on ourselves because again like we know being a mom is hard we yeah. do we know being a mom is hard but some days are just so hard you don't want anyone to turn around to you and go, oh, well, just cherish every moment. And you want someone to tell you this moment will pass and you're going to be okay. Um, 
you don't need ah! you don't need anecdotes or platitudes you just need someone to remind you that this moment will pass yeah. and not to try to cherish every moment because not every moment is worth cherishing sometimes life as a mom is just really hard and then you throw in trying to run your own business on top of that or working nine to five life can get really really hard so yeah ah! Billy agrees <laughs> so yeah just lean into the hard lean into the good and just be kind because it's just it's tough yeah it's so tough so it's that time episode where I need to ask you three questions oh yeah okay Billy are you ready oh he's so ready <laughs> what would you tell your pregnant self it's going to be a million times harder than you expected just a million times and and you're going to feel things that you never thought that you would feel but it's going to be okay and you will be all right and then um, you're going to fall more and more in love with Billy every single day. More and more in love with him. If they do eyes. Yeah. And what product could you not live without? <laughs> I was thinking so hard about this one. And I just kept on coming back to coffee. <laughs> well, yeah. Can I say coffee? Yeah. My buy- Aeropress. <laughs> I always say fuel by coffee. And I don't drink coffee, but I drink a hell of a lot of tea. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <sighs> and... What has been your magic moment? I loved that question. So um, at about five months, I was planning for my first ever night away from Billy when I was going to a wedding. And I thought that I would be able to get away for the night and that myself and my husband would enjoy our first 24 hours away from Billy. Um, It obviously didn't happen. I was way too anxious about leaving him. but something happened and it just it was it was kind of the first time that I felt like I was it was the first time that I felt Billy noticed me if that makes sense as in anyway so uh he was struggling trying to get to sleep one night so I went into him and I picked him up out of his co-sleeper at the time and before I had even gotten ready to feed him on the bed he had just nuzzled into me and fell asleep and my heart just exploded into a million tiny pieces of sparkle and glitter and and love and it was I just I just felt you know me you need me I'm your mama and I'm not going to go away for 24 hours we went away for 12 we had the most wonderful time and I really wanted to go to that wedding but when Billy just nuzzled into me I just said no I'm I'm where I need to be and it was the most wonderful feeling in the world it was the first time that I actually felt like Billy recognised me as his mum knew who he was it was more than just looking for human contact or affection it was just you're my mama I'm safe now so I'm going to go to sleep knowing that you're right there and it was just the most incredible feeling in the world and it was just amazing it was just he just it was just amazing it was just incredible Mm. after everything that we had gone through um, losing our piglet um, the couple nights in Niku, the, 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 the Temple Street. I just breathed a sigh of relief and I just went, We're gonna be okay. Billy, it was just, oh, it's difficult to put into words. It was just a really nice feeling. Really, really nice feeling. Just magic. Absolute magic. Sarah, thank you so much. And Billy for joining us. <laughs> thank it's you. been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute honour to be asked to, to be on the show. Thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mankind. If you've enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you'd like to send me a message, please email forallmankind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram. See you on the next episode of the podcast.